Um, so what we're going to do now is uh, we are going to bring on Sue Gray, the lawyer of the family. Um, she would also like to uh, speak about the way the media has actually handled this case. Liz, yeah. do you want to kick things off? I'd love to, Sue. I, I was one of thousands and thousands absolutely outraged at the terrible quality of the interview you were given by a man called Corin Dan on what used to be the flagship program of our BBC equivalent for New Zealand used to be Radio New Zealand. And that was because it was regarded as uh, balanced, fair journalism, looking at all sides, giving people a voice, even if well, actually, the, the journalist's personal views never came into it. What you had was a little man who was going, no, 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 I'm not going to listen to that from you. You won't say that. No, I won't allow you. How dare you? Talking over you constantly in that interview. Have you had feedback from many other Kiwis that they were as scandalised as I was by that interview? Thank you, Liz. Thanks, everyone, for everything you're doing. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had so many letters back, emails where people have written to Radio New Zealand and CC'd me in um, just expressing outrage. I've never, I mean, I've been on a lot of media in the past on a lot of different issues, and I've never come across anything remotely like that interview. It was just extraordinary. And the, and the feedback from the public. I mean, the good thing is now people seem to have realised just how how biased the mainstream media is. And so it's almost like you were saying before that when they see it, they go, aha, we know what you're doing. And, yes. and it just reinforces just how, how unbiased it is. And it's just, yeah. It's extraordinary what little Will's life is doing. It's as if it's exposing anybody who's self-serving is being exposed. Anyone who's, who's lying is being exposed, the government and the mainstream media. Anybody who is genuinely caring is also being exposed. The finest part of Kiwis is being brought to the surface and those who really do stand for more than just their own self-interest. He's, like he's like a sort of catalyst, isn't he, Sue? Those beautiful eyes, I think. I think that you just can't <laughs> resist and and I think he's just because he's kind of the face of truth, isn't he? He's the faith yes. of all that's good in this in this awful environment that we've been in for the last couple of years. And all of a sudden, that kind of the difference between the good and the way forward is so clear compared to the old cover-ups and, and just corrupted decisions that we've been dealing with. And that's what I think we all wanted to, to talk about, wasn't it, Kelvin? We wanted to ask, and Hannah... What, what role do you think media has to play? Mainstream media should be playing an, an enormously important role. To tell you the truth, funded mainstream media should have dug this story out long ago. I've heard there are, there are so many stories from Starship's um, intensive care ward for little babies, stories of babies screaming all night, and that's come from mothers mm -hmm. I've talked to in the hospital, stories that journalists should be ferreting out in mainstream and they're not. So what do you think the role of media should be in, in such an important issue as Baby Will, which is now being watched by the world, Sue? Yeah, well, it's, it, the media should be there to cover both sides of the story. And, and it's an important story. There's no doubt about that. There's, there's so much to this. You don't get so many world experts coming forward, saying one thing and all being completely wrong you know, if, if the, the problem we've had here is we haven't even been allowed to have the discussion about why they think we're wrong. They close us off before we even say a word. And that example with Corin Dan just, just highlighted exactly the same thing. You know, 
if the truth speaks for itself, let's put the views on the table and work out what the truth is. But you can't say, well, you can't say that, you can't say that, you can't say that, you can't say that, but we're going to tell you that this is the truth. It, it, just, it just doesn't work like that. It's a travesty of journalism, isn't it, Hannah? Absolute travesty. It's probably a good um, time to actually like you're bringing up you know the fact that there's other families there is there is but um the mother Doreen and and baby Rosalie as well that um you know they have wanted to stay more um private about what they're facing but then at the same time um I think they are wanting the to be spoken about as well because it's they're fighting a very similar battle Mm -hmm. um so like you say there's very uh there there are endless amounts of cases that are not seeing the light of day and unfortunately um I think this is a very final and last resort for this family this is not something they wanted to do um this is something they've kind of felt like they've been pushed into a corner and they had no other option um because other families have actually been working for over a year to try and um, get access to unvaccinated blood and they haven't actually got anywhere with it so um media's role is to you know expose uh the corruption and bureaucracy um the you know the miscarriage of justice uh when when people aren't able to express their human rights or their civil rights um and and holding power to account and that is the real role of fourth the fourth estate um and of course you know with the the the, um attack from the government against us we know that they are very scared of uh people who are willing to tell the truth and willing to to go where um many fear to tread and unfortunately the majority of our journalists um they are buying a a brainwashed narrative essentially they've forgotten how to think and unfortunately that ties in with the universities and how the universities are pushing marxist propaganda and there's a real um there's a real agenda going on i mean we don't have to get into it deeply calvin but what do you think you've you've been attacked for years by the media and they're always losing but the world is the world has basically been reorganized in a fashion where it suits a handful of people and we don't count it's like this whole climate change rubbish and it is a scam um the carbon they are targeting and trying to get rid of is you so their mindset when it comes to a baby is so what whereas for the parents of that baby it's everything and these are the things that have got to be remembered i mean the mainstream media take as liz and hannah and everyone else on who has come here so far as stated they take their marching orders they get their talking points operation mockingbird on steroids and that just pushes out down the line you can hear it the same phraseology the same words almost exactly the same in sync if you play them one over the other and layer them it will almost be the same person it's absolutely incredible i've actually got a question for you so because um and and we've touched on this before um talking about it but what happens is anybody that speaks the truth the mainstream media will come at you regardless like it really doesn't matter how um you know much you are so careful about what you say and how you know you you really plan out each and every move and you overthink everything at some point uh, we just have to stand on the truth of who we are mm. be proud of who we are know that we're doing the right thing and realize that um they'll come at with they'll come at us and they'll throw everything they've got at us but eventually they'll have no more stones and um arrows to throw will they so and and the evidence will speak for itself 
Well, the evidence definitely speaks for itself. And I mean, I'm a very big fan of the law and the evidence. And if the media would just stick with the law and the evidence and human rights laws and all of those kind of laws and respect the rights of parents, uh, respect the principle of informed consent, there wouldn't be an issue. The problem is that they are not using the law and they're not relying on the evidence. They're they're operating, it seems, under an ideology that doesn't matter what anybody says, they're going to form the conclusions that they want to form. And so, yeah, it, look, it is, it is a bit scary on the front line sometimes when, you know, I don't know, I know you all do a lot of research. I do a lot of research. I mean, I have spent so many hundreds of hours. I went to Europe to go to the meetings in, in London and in, in um, Nuremberg and in Vienna. I spend all my time on the phone and on, on listening to people, talking to doctors. I really, really just love understanding these things. And then I'm talking to these idiot journalists who have got absolutely no clue and they're labelling me as a lay person who knows nothing just because they know nothing and it's actually quite offensive. What has been interesting with this case though is that um, international media are starting to get involved and I've had for example the New York Times contacting me and they're asking good questions. They're asking about human rights and the very sort of questions that the New Zealand media are just nowhere near asking. So it does give you some hope that that eventually maybe the New Zealand media will step up its game and actually realise that they've dug themselves in a big hole and that it's time to, again, instead of labelling anyone that's got a different view, actually listen to what we're saying. And they've either got an answer, if they've got evidence to answer us, well, tell us what it is. And if they haven't, well, at least listen to what we say and acknowledge that there might be some issues and concerns in what we're saying. That's a brilliant answer. And instead of ad hominem attacks and put downs, in Corandan looked ludicrous when he was saying, Oh, you're a lay, we're both laymen, lay, lay, you're a lay woman. Um, uh, and you said, No, 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 Corin, I have a science degree, which he then glossed over and said, Oh, but neither of us know anything. Completely yeah. not listening to the fact yeah. that you understand the science, the, the yeah. scientific language as well as the legal language. So I think that things may be changing. I sense it may be a pragmatic shift, but there was something on TV3 that Alan, uh, who's also in the Outdoors and Freedom Party with you, was, was quite floored by the other night. Tell us that little story because in two years, we've had such unfair, biased coverage from TV3 and TV1, but on the news, lo and behold, who appeared? Yeah, it was a really interesting. He rang me. He couldn't believe what he'd seen. It was on the political story on Saturday morning on TV3, and the media were at the Parliament Christmas party recording, and they were asking, I understand, different groups, different questions, and they asked one group the question about who was their politician of the year. And the first person, um, I can't even remember who they said, the second person said Sue Gray. And <laughs> Everyone. And they left the edit in. Now, it might seem small to the, to the audience, but that is massive. That, to me, smells, has a sniff, a whiff of the media starting to awaken to the enormity 
of the forces of the people arraigned against their lies. Mm. People have said enough. They are getting masses of messages. The bullying by Michael Laws, his attempted bullying, Sean Plunkett, a complete failure um, in his interview with Brenton Faithful a few weeks ago. There is a fury at the media that they are continuing to lie in the face of so many Kiwis who are now aware of the truth. And it's it, it doesn't take a lot of brains to realise they think, Perhaps they're waking up to the fact if we want to survive, we better start to be a bit more balanced. And there you were, being included, Sue. Does that have that same whiff to you? Yeah, I was I was stunned. And I was stunned, of course, because I'm not a member of parliament who's paid like all of the other MPs. I'm just there doing everything I can do in between all the other things I do to earn a living. And it was, it, I must say, it was very nice to get some acknowledgement. I think she was a um, political lecturer. So she, so somebody's obviously is watching what's going on and watching all the changes that are happening. And so it was great to see that. And it was also great to, as you've said, just maybe, just maybe they're loosening the tight reins and they're starting to realise that this movement is so powerful. It, it, you know, it's like the tide's coming in and you're not going to stop it. And you might, you might, divert it and you might do this you might do that you might build a rock wall and you might do a few other things but in the end the tide is still going to come in and the truth is coming in and there are so many people now that have got their own stories their own examples they can they can say for their own experience I mean I've got all the research I've done but my own daughter went and got vaccinated went to university and got the whole lot of them got sick the first week And so I just want to jump in here and just say the other interesting thing about that piece, uh, because I watched some of that political uh, Christmas party with all, you know, these, uh, this very, very small kind of elite group that think they know everything. But the most interesting thing I thought, apart from obviously that they acknowledged you, um, was the fact that they said, uh, and this was a political commentator saying that they know the main two parties are hemorrhaging support and hemorrhaging political capital. Um, you know, just they they can't stop it. And uh, where, where is where is the where is the political capital going from Labor? It's not going to the National Party. It's going mm. to all the minor parties, mm. and um, that's that's you know parties like. Um, the Outdoors and Freedom Party and and all the other amazing little parties that are springing up. And the biggest worry at the moment for the political establishment is the fact that if, if our side, uh, the truth side, actually managed to, to form a, a massive united front and actually work together under an independent coalition or whatever whatever would be possible, mm-hmm. that they are actually saying, and, um, and I like to kind of say this and rub it in their face a little bit, but I did predict this before the mainstream media even predicted it, that the National Party and the Labour Party would end up coming together to do a grand coalition. Mm. And that is actually what they're already talking about. So we need to actually keep talking about this, keep exposing the fact that this is the political establishment uh, working together with with groups like we've already mentioned, the World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg Group, um, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, all sorts of groups that mainstream average Kiwis have never heard of because the mainstream media won't talk about it. But um, we are absolutely winning. And this is the time to really have no fear. It's to, um, or it's to, it's to appreciate your fear and accept your fear and just do it anyway and know that we are winning. And, um, you know, 
this baby is just a complete catalyst for another level of moving up that um, kind of mountain that we're all climbing. And I've said that to our team this week that um, I think it's a real watershed moment, you know, um, standing outside that court this week with with everybody and and just the level of truth that is being exposed and the level of people that just normal Kiwis that may have may have had their head in the sand that are now actually starting to ask questions and um we should all just be so so proud of each other um for what we're doing Kevin what do you think let's hope we get tens of thousands there on uh, in time for that court case yeah Tuesday nine o'clock on Tuesday and Sue we have fastidiously avoided talking with you about the court case because as an officer of the court um, you have to be really careful that nothing is said that could compromise that sacred position in which you're representing the family in court on Tuesday. So this was not the time to discuss the court case. We will dis- we'll have plenty of time afterwards to discuss the imminent victory that I predict. Um, I would say on what Hannah's just said, I really worry that National is their voice is completely silenced on sticking up for baby will, just as it was completely mm-hmm. silenced on sticking up for the mums and dads who went to the Freedom Village. They have been the most ineffectual opposition at a time we, we most needed a strong, powerful, mm-hmm. brave opposition. Can I just say there, Liz, that apparently somebody did contact Simon O'Connor, a National Party MP, and he said that his hands are tied, but he is watching the case closely. And I think this is the saddest thing of all politicians. Now is the time for one single MP to cross the floor and actually speak out about this and actually to hell with your political career. How are you going to sleep at night knowing that you were, you were watching this case, you had the opportunity to say something and you said nothing? It's the same thing as Wellington. Sue, just your comments on that and, and to sum up why every Kiwi, in your opinion, needs to stand up and speak out for baby Will, this seminal case that the world is now watching. This government is on show with all its faults and failings now. Well, all of our elected representatives have made very clear that they're actually not doing the job they were elected to do, which is to represent the people. They're all representing other interests and they're representing basically secret undisclosed interests because they've never told us who they're representing. And it's the time now to actually form work together with everybody who is is standing for the people because it's the people and the humanity that's going to take us forward. It's not corporations. It's not globalist regimes. It's not money. It's actually what is important? What kind of world do we want? And we've got this huge opportunity now, all the work that everybody's been doing for so long, trying to expose what's happening, understand what's happening, build these networks of other good people who care. All of that work seems to be coming together and it's just becoming like this big sort of spiral vortex that's bringing in more and more and more amazing people. The world is totally watching New Zealand. I've been getting calls from all over the world. I had that um, email this morning from Michael Zor, I forgot his name now, Zorro, Zorzov, who came on the show. He he talked to me. I said, hey, you've got to get on the show and, and tell everybody this amazing information you've got. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And then I've got all these other people running around talking to their amazing networks because everybody is getting the same feeling. So we got it in New Zealand, but all of our world connections are getting the same vibe as well, that this is the chance for change. And we've just all got to step forward. Just don't be scared. It is scary. It's scary doing something different but it's a lot more scary not doing it and going through this mad regime of tyranny that we've been putting up with for the last couple of years 
And where are the men, Calvin? It's, we need the men, don't we, to stand up and be courageous. Well, just like the politicians, they've been missing an action from the start. I mean, you mentioned um, you want one of these politicians to cross the floor because they, they've been watching this case and they could have said something. They could have said something for the last over two years, but they remain silent. Why? Because they're all in on it. Every one of those politicians should not be returned at the next election cycle. Give it to people who have actually got a heart, who will put this country back on track, who actually give you real solutions. Everyone's telling you what's wrong. We all know what's wrong, how we live it every day. How about we start telling people, here's our suggestions for solutions. We work for you. That. You tell us what to do. And sign a contract with the people with a right of recall. If you don't deliver, you're out. Don't wait three years. Get them out straight away. That's mm. the way I look at it. I love that, Kelvin, because I think the baby represents so much of that. Represents doesn't Baby will represents that love, that coming together in unity, Sue, that gathering around that mm. center of the vortex that's going up and up and up and out is this little baby with this extraordinary face saying, come on, make sure that the wrong is put right so that I may live. How does it feel, Sue? I, this is not a legal question, so I think we'll be safe here, to have the honour of representing yeah. such a sacred little soul. In your yeah. legal career, how does this stand as a watermark? And then I want to acknowledge your legal team as well. Yeah, oh, look, it's, it's just, it is just such a privilege to work with a family who are so brave and so committed to doing the right thing for their child against every odd. I mean, how could a hospital, a hospital that's supposed to be caring, come and deliver papers in, on one evening and basically say, we want to be in court tomorrow? Oh. How, how, could, how could anybody think that's okay? And yet... What I what I love with what I'm doing is you 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 turn a situation around from just complete despair where it feels like there's no chance up against Big Brother, and suddenly the little networks start connecting and kicking in, and people come forward and get more and more and more people come forward, and then outside court the other day as as the family left and the people cheered I think we we're all in tears just watching yes. that amazing support like it was just such a beautiful moment to just see that acknowledgement of their courage that that they'd stepped up and they're doing it for their child but for by them doing it for their child they're doing so much for everybody else as well and everybody else was realizing that you know that that was it's beautiful. I'm, I've been lucky. I've been involved in, in lots of amazing cases. Um, but, yeah, this is this is really one out of the box. <laughs> Sue, the other thing, your team, I think we must acknowledge. I know Kirsten Murford. I've seen mm. little notes on threads where she's been working late into the night and and wonderful Katie and Ken. Could you just perhaps name at least their first names, if, if you wouldn't mind, just so people know there's a wonderful team behind yeah. you. Yeah, so, so Kirsten Murphy, she's just a spectacular lady. Um, she has done a lot of work on the subject. A lot of you would have seen her open letters. She's got so many issues that she's got to deal with and juggle, and yet she still makes time to come forward and help with this. She's coming up on Tuesday, and it's going to be so cool. Oh, she's coming up on Monday, ready for Tuesday. It's going to be great having her here because she's just an absolute power of strength. She came down to Wellington and helped with the VAX case as well down there. Um, yeah, Her Ken, issues, meaning she has a child that has special needs and often demands... Mm. sleepless nights and she's extraordinary what she does 
Yeah. And what's amazing is almost all of the people that come forward are the people that have got the most challenges in their own lives, the most other commitments and the most reason to say, look, I'm too busy. I can't help. And yet somehow they overcome all of those things and they still come forward and they still just do this stunning job to help somebody else because they see that it needs to be done. And, you know, so, yeah, so Kirsten's an absolute superstar um, and, and Ken just came forward from nowhere. We, I've, I've just had a couple of emails with him in the past, but he said, hey, do you need a hand on, on, on Wednesday? I'll come down and I'll help. And I went, yes, please, that's fantastic. And just having someone, you know, and it sounds silly, but someone that can go and photocopy some copies because, you know, there's all so many logistical things to do for court. Ken's, Ken's a barrister. I mean, Ken's got loads of skills, but he was willing to do those things because they needed to be done. And he just did whatever it was that needed to be done. I have to and, put a, a, a heads up for Ken. Ken and Katie and your team who both helped inordinately with Tokelau, it's bringing the people in Tokelau and again on the same basis. Yeah, and, and and there are other people who are working in roles where it's not um, really possible for them to come forward and be public, but they're helping sharing their expertise as well. So, you know, there's a lot of others. I won't name them because I know they don't want to be named, but but. There, there, are, there are people, and a lot of this is trying to organise. Sometimes there's so many offers of help, it's almost too hard to coordinate. Like I sort of feel like I don't do anything myself in the end because everyone's kind of, what can I do? And I'm trying to find jobs for people. Like it's, it's just amazing. It's just <laughs> the most amazing thing. That's a good problem to have, Sue. We yeah. are finding, again, the real unity, not the fabricated, wordy um, PR spun unity she talked about in the team of five million. This is the roll up your sleeves, really genuinely from our hearts, help each other, come together, put aside our differences, love one another as a country and stand for something that is ethically, morally and emotionally so important to so many Kiwis now. And Sue, you're at the heart of that with this baby. Thank you so much, Sue Gray. Oh. And, and thank you, Liz Gunn. I mean, you've, you're just an absolute superstar, what you've been doing for this family. I don't know how you're still going. Like, <laughs> the Adrenaline's a magic thing sometimes, isn't it? It is. And I really hear I, I, that, you know, while we're having thanks, I could not let that moment pass without acknowledging two people who stayed up this morning until 4 a.m. while I slept because I was exhausted. Kelvin and Hannah were editing clips and putting this together and doing rundowns and making timings and doing calls and texts. They are extraordinary what they've done. They've done all the heavy lifting on this enormous 12-hour broadcast. So, you know, isn't it what you said, So We all have our parts to play, no one more or less important than the other, but what gratitude also to you and, and uh, Hannah and Kelvin. Thank you too. And what yeah, must yeah. be it? What must also be mentioned is that the team behind us as well, Team Zulu, again, get, got by all this week on three hours sleep uh, a night, if that, uh, back up the next day to do it all over again. He was up super early at a sparrow's fart this morning, getting all this loaded, ready to go. <laughs> He's um, amazing. We, he he doesn't like his name being said, so I'm reluctant to even call him by his code name, but Team Zulu, thank you. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> and, of course, we've got Dana in the waiting room making sure um, – She's coordinating with Hannah. Sometimes you'll see her uh, face not looking up here because she's quarterbacking the bringing in another. Yeah, I'm not and, being rude. I'm actually. Yeah, we actually don't have. Haywire. We don't have producers or directors <laughs> yeah. behind us. Believe it or not, we this are the producers it. and directors yeah. of the show while we're actually trying to host it and hold it all down as well. So, um, yeah. mainstream media, like you guys, you guys have got no excuse at this point. Um, yeah. And we've got to thank everybody out there who's watching. 
um, Pete at the Skyliner and all the team there. I was going to say that. Go. <laughs> that was actually my idea to give a shout out to Pete at the Skyliner and everyone watching there and all those around the country who have come together to, to do um, uh, watch parties and sending the links out to the friends. This has gone worldwide. People shooters, are watching from all over. Shooters as well. Colin Hidiotta and her team are there. Uh, they're doing music stuff and all that. So hopefully they're actually getting time to watch as well. And but so um, I made a, a joke last night to, that we're not so much doing this on the smell of an oily rag. We're doing it on a tiny little um, piece of dental floss, really. That's <laughs> those are the, the rag's so clean, yeah, it doesn't well, even smell. Yeah, can we? <laughs> say like it's, we're doing on the sniff of an oily rag and we don't have any oil left on the rag <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so thank you for coming on and we will all be with you in spirit on tuesday and you'll see physically thousands of us with you thank clapping you as you go into court on tuesday wonderful thank you thank you Thanks, guys can sorry. i just say with court on tuesday the court is only letting a certain number of people into the court they're going to make a, a link available to watch i think that they're trying to discourage people from turning up Oh, that ain't um, happening. But yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that the, the crowds will come anyway because I think it's going to be a pretty amazing um, opportunity to sort of catch up with what's going on. So so don't be put off if you may not get in, but being part of it, it's a bit like the Wellington experience. I mean, who would have missed that experience? We were there when it happened, and this is for me another one of these things. Just the way it's evolving, you know. No one ever plans these things, but all of a sudden it's just got a life of its own, and we just We'll have to pick it up and run with it. And there's no guidebook and rule book and how to do this. We're all just kind of winging it and doing the best we can. And I can confirm what Hannah said before, because I've been getting the text going, oh, yeah, you might be on at this time or you might be on at that time and don't really know, but that's right. <laughs> oh, and, that <laughs> and then was, quick, get on now. And that was because you graciously um, gave up your morning slot uh, to Michael. So, um, you know, and this is how we roll. We juggle it. And we've got other doctors as well wanting to come on. I do want to say that um, Counterspin Media has put in a media application to um, a, to report uh, from within the courtroom and um, we haven't heard an official word back but apparently we are on the list and apparently the prosecution was happy uh, they signed off on all the mainstream media but anybody apparently that wasn't accredited media they didn't want in there and of course um, the the defense for the family of course are happy for all mm. uh, media to be there especially the truth media uh, maybe Maybe next time, you know, when we have these cases, we can say we approve the truth media, but we don't approve the mainstream media. Which is the biggest <laughs> and misinformation. Yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't seen anything back from the court about what decision they've made about those media statements. I don't know. Maybe they'll tell us something on Monday morning or something. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So. And I would say what you were saying, Sue, about turning up anyway, even if there are notices discouraging people, because it was like a party last last it was so joyous in the forecourt last tuesday and um last wednesday and that wonderful singer what's what's the name of the singer who has now written a song joy de may yeah we're going to be playing her song soon we're going to be playing and she sang live outside the court joy Ah. i'm so appreciative of you turning up and then writing a song for will wait till you hear that everybody Wow, and speaking of songs, amazing. Calvin. Um, yeah, speaking of songs, we're going to uh, play with just waiting for uh, Richard Hirschman. Richard Hirschman from the US to come, and he's the Obama who was in uh, episode seventy-four with us, with of course John O'Leary and our own Brenton Faithful. Was that the one that went to two hundred and fifty thousand shares? <sighs> Close Calvin? to, and this only on that platform. We've got it on other platforms as well. Incredible. We definitely blew past that and more. Um, one of your programs. Sue, um, we're quite a team. We'll let you go because I know you have work to do, but thank you so much. It's been a delight having you on. Oh, yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks all. You're all amazing. And yeah, see what tomorrow brings. (laughs) Onwards and upwards. (laughs) (laughs) So let's roll with uh, Ellie Cook's Little White Crosses. But we have to wait because that wasn't cute. We just heard in our ear. Well, not in my ear for a year, but... All right. So, um, of course, Little White check. Crosses was a reference to um, the, the the line of uh, the string of white crosses that was hanging up down at the Freedom Village outside Parliament earlier this year. Yes. It's kind of etched into everybody's memories. And um, Ellie Cook actually sung that live for us in Tauranga when we were on tour. So let's hear that now. And Hannah, what did each cross represent? Well, that was actually representing all those who had died uh, and lost their lives from this um Jab. This, yeah, this experimental gene <clears throat> therapy vaccine jab bioweapon, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a bioweapon for deep. And we are going to be having um, a Spartacus actor coming on very shortly as well, who has experienced, um, uh, you know, a lot. Uh, he's experienced some injury to this jab, and of course, um, we have talked to many, and so has Liz. So um, it's just, just a, just a real reminder that that this is a serious problem out there. I can tell you one more quick story about Little White Crosses. I was there when Ali Cook wrote it. We were having a meeting and she said sometimes it takes a long time to write a song, but that song just wrote itself. She just sat down Mm -hmm. for half an hour and then we were all sitting out on on the deck in the evening and she came out and played the song. It was just so beautiful. And we all just kind of cried on the deck. It was just stunning. First cut, you know. Your tissue's ready. Hanging in the smoky air In the headline photographs No one asked why they're hanging there Each one had a name upon it Someone who had died Taking trusted medicine Now a life they are denied
such a powerful song, Calvin. Even that gets you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are now going to, uh, just while we're lining up our next, we get, uh, as we line up our next guests, we are going to play um, a video that is number four in our lineup, and that is um, the Booster Shyster. So a very good uh, compilation, as always, by the one and only Coronavirus Plushie. And he is good. The best approach New Zealand can take is getting those boosters up. All of those numbers and all of those predictions will be reduced for every booster that a New Zealander receives. Go and get boosted. Please do go out and get your booster. The booster is incredibly important. So I implore you, please get a booster. Then let me say that everything that follows are official numbers from the UK Health Security Agency. And there is only one conclusion from those numbers, which is that the third booster shot so zealously promoted by the British state and its groupthink media has failed. And in fact, exposed you to significantly greater risk of infection, hospitalization and death. There has to be an accounting for this. To emphasize, these are all government statistics and you ought to be able to cite them even on British television. So let us start with the basics. There are approximately equal numbers of triple vaccinated as of the combined total of single, double and unvaccinated. This is from the UK Health Security Agency's report last week of April the 14th. Let's take a look at this. As you can see from a pool of 63 million down at the bottom there, 63 million, there are 32 million who are triple vaccinated. So we have two groups of similar size, 31, 32 million. So it's relatively easy to weigh the merits of the third shot uh, upon group A versus group B. Here are the COVID case numbers from the government report I cited on air earlier this uh, month. All the numbers here uh, basically uh, come from uh, March. They, ba they basically come from uh, up to a couple of weeks ago. And if you look at this, this uh, shows COVID-19 cases by vaccination status. So the triple vaccinated in March were responsible for uh, just over a million COVID cases and everybody else 475,000 COVID cases. So the triple vaccinated are contracting COVID at approximately twice the rate of the double, single and unvaccinated. Got that? If, you've, if, if you get the booster shot, uh, you've got uh, twice as high a chance of getting the COVID. In the United Kingdom, there's twice as many people with the uh, third booster shot who got the COVID as the people who never had the booster shot. It's, uh, it's a widespread phenomenon. This, by the way, I just uh, looked this up before the show. This is New York City. If you can see that, the uh, top line, well, you probably can't see it, but the top line shows the people who got the booster shot. And there's far more COVID cases in New York City by people with the third shot than with uh, anything else. So the court eunuchs of the appalling groupthink media 
have retreated to reduced claims for the vaccine. Oh, sure, it won't prevent you getting the COVID, but it will lessen your likelihood of being hospitalised. The booster is incredibly important in the response to Omicron. It makes a material difference uh, to uh, the ability of our population uh, to ensure that they are not hospitalised. From the same report by Her Majesty's government that I cited just a moment ago, let's uh, check that one out too. So let's put this one up here. And again, you see there in the far right-hand column, that's the people with the third COVID shot. And then you uh, see sort of in the middle, the people who aren't vaccinated at all, that number 147 at the bottom. So triple vaccinated people who wound up spending a night in hospital, 6,750, everybody else, 3,576. So the triple vaccinated are being hospitalized overnight for COVID at approximately twice the rate of the double, single and unvaccinated. So please, the, the stats show us, the data is telling us every day what a difference boosters are going to make for us. Go and get boosted. It's the most important thing you can do to help our health workforce to prevent them from being overwhelmed. Uh, and one notes in particular the significant differences in hospitalisation numbers in those over 60. So that leaves a sole claim for the efficacy of the heavily promoted booster shot. Oh, sure, it won't prevent you getting the COVID or being hospitalized, but it will lessen your likelihood of being dead. And again, from the same report by HMG. And let's just look at this. Deaths within 28 days of positive COVID tests in all age groups. And the triple vaccinated again, in the far right-hand column there, and everybody else, uh, the other columns. And let's just add it up because it's such a huge difference. Triple vaccinated who are dead within 28 days, 1,557. Everybody else dead within 28 days, 577. So the triple vaccinated are dying within 28 days at a rate approximately three times higher than the rest of the population. Uh, why, why aren't we talking about this? Seems uh, if, if, the, if the booster shot is making it more thrice as likely that you're going to be deadsville, that they're going to be carrying you out by the handles, why aren't we talking about that? Get your booster. OK, let's have deaths within 60 days of a positive COVID test. Uh, again, in all age groups, and again on the far right, that, that's the triple vaccinated. So there's uh, 2,100 and whatever, 80-year-olds and over, and then in, the, in their 70s, 611. Uh, so that, again, to, 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 to add up all the numbers, the triple vaccinated who are dead within 60 days last month, 3,054 everybody else 1003 so yet again the triple vaccinated are dying at three times the rate of the double single and unvaccinated and indeed for the 60 plus cohort the most vulnerable in our society at a rate getting close to four times could we stop killing old people uh, didn't you kill enough people in the care homes in the first year and a half of this thing now where we've devised a booster shot uh, that, uh, that, that uh, kills almost four times as many old people 
if you, if you get this shot as if you don't. The third shot not only has no efficacy, it increases your chances of hospitalization and death. So uh, to anyone four months or more who had their second dose, please do go out and get your booster today. The people 